0: Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Philip. How are things in Brooklyn? Oh, in Brooklyn. Well, <laughs> how do
1: you think I, things are in Brooklyn? I have no idea how things are in Brooklyn. they okay. But hipster-ish would be my guess. Nailed it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and how about Washington Square? Uh, it is a calm, cold day in Washington Square, actually. Doesn't seem to be any construction.
0: Ooh.
1: No uh, marching bands. No wandering poets.
0: Ah, the wandering poets. Yeah. Uh, They're usually relatively well behaved. So maybe there may be one out there and you just don't know it.
1: Yeah, uh, that's probably true. Actually,
0: Uh, So we had a we had a heck of an episode last week (laughs) uh, that nobody heard. And you're listening to what you're listening to now, my dear listener, is uh, part two of an incredible episode. Epic that we have begun, probably just a two-parter about magnetic the magnetic field of the Earth going on an adventure, and uh, as if the magnetic field were some Pixar character, and you know, <laughs> we went on a silly adventure that wreaked havoc in the world. We uh, recorded the last. If you listened last week, I hope you enjoyed it. That turned out to be uh, one of our most popular episodes. Actually, I feel like each episode is. More popular than the, than the previous yeah, one, which is nice. Way to go. Which is nice, but people really enjoyed. We we uh, talked about Elon Musk and his uh, another Pixar character who went on a crazy adventure <laughs> in yeah. his car. And what if you could drive in space? The uh, putting his Tesla in space with a little Starman astronaut figure inside it, action figure. Yeah, we should. People called it mannequin or dummy. Yeah, action
1: figure is probably more right, isn't
0: it? It's an action figure. Total fun. Now, prior to that week, there was a gap. And if you're a regular listener and you experienced that gap, I apologize for any anxiety. or (laughs) You know, you might have thought, oh, no, maybe one of these horrific scenarios that they have outlined has actually
1: come true. Yep, that's right. Gravity went away.
0: (laughs) Right. Gravity went away. They floated away. They forgot to upload it off. Yeah. I promise you, dear listener, that we will record episodes, um, even in, in in the the crazy, in the the most insane apocalyptic scenario. We're still going to record. The challenge is, and I'm just learning. You have to upload it too.
1: Yes, that's right. I think uh, ap- apocalypse uh, tends to interfere with upload times. Yes,
0: yes. In this case, it was actually a friendly apocalypse. I was I had been invited out to a film festival in Seattle, Tech Doc. And a shout out hello to all my friends who I met there and colleagues and people who inspired me and who we had fun eating popcorn with. Y'all are amazing. And that was sponsored by the Living Computer Museum in Seattle, uh, built by Paul Allen of Microsoft fame. And once again, man, if you ever get a chance to go there, go. Go now. If you're within 25,000 miles of it, make your way there.
1: (laughs) Well, fortunately, Star- that rules- all, all, all humans are within 25,000 miles right. of it, yes. That right. rules out
0: Starman, but everyone else can go. So, this is an exciting double header, double feature episode for Valentine's Day. I'm going to be putting up both episodes mm-hmm. because we love our listeners. And not like that, but like that.
1: You oh, know, sure. You know, nothing wrong with that.
0: Exactly. And so uh, if you are just grabbing this episode and you haven't heard the previous one, you by no means are required to listen to it because it actually works either way. You could listen to mm-hmm. it after this one. But what it was, was uh, we have a, a wonderful listener, uh, super smart guy named Carl, Carl, Carl Sagan. <laughs> now, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Crichton. Relative of Michael Crichton Mm -hmm. in some way. He's not sure. I I think what he means is that in his DNA, the letters Michael Crichton are were discovered in there.
1: Okay, Okay. that would be a pretty amazing thing. That would be. And that's
0: his relationship. So he Mm -hmm. has he has at least um, like all of us, I guess, but he has a ninety nine percent DNA similarity with Michael Crichton. Uh, Well, that's true. Yeah. Probably even higher than that. And. He he had found a uh, he saw a published article. As many of our listeners who who share things with us, especially on Twitter, where our account is What the If Show at What the If Show on Twitter, come and say hello, sign up, share funny stories and beautiful pictures. So Kyle had seen a, a magazine article or a zine article somewhere online. What do you call it these days? I don't know some sort of yeah. electronic yeah. communique. He mm-hmm. got a cable, and it said. Um, what if the magnetic poles of of the uh, magnetic field flipped its poles what do you got how what, you, what is the one sentence
1: uh yeah if the i uh, i think either poles flipped or magnetic field reversed what? uh right magnetic field reverses is, is it's
0: that's an easier way to say it. so mm-hmm. What would happen? And, and um, we do know that it has happened uh, a number of times in the past. Right. We don't know. it. It, it is. Is it not correlated with mass extinctions?
1: Um, it is not, but I should say the, the correlation of events with mass extinctions is kind of a tricky thing to do. Mm. So there's probably somebody out there who is trying to do that. Right.
0: And so... The question, so we, last week we started discussing this topic. And uh, typically, what we do on this show, if this is the first time you're listening, it's called What the If, because we say, uh, What if something were to happen? Like, What if the magnetic poles of the earth were to flip? And we're very irritated by that, that, that our <laughs> calm, normal life should be so up, uh, so turn so topsy turvy, literally. As in this scenario. Yeah. So we put a the, we, we say, you know, WTF, but WTF, get it? What the mm-hmm. if? It's very, very, we have a strong feelings about the matter. And last week we, we began discussing, and the idea is that we, uh, rather than just have excessive rage, <laughs> combined with <laughs> curiosity, like the curiosity that killed the cat. We uh, try to funnel that energy into something productive, at least for us, and make us better educated citizens, science literate, and just have fun. Well,
1: that's what we're shooting for.
0: That's right. And, and, and we learn real things. So we say, well, what? And interestingly, in this particular case, we're actually not discussing... Sometimes our what-the-if idea is something like, what if gravity were turned off? Mm -hmm. And then what we do is we say, everything else stays the same exactly as we know it. And by playing with this little game, we actually learn a ton of real science. Correct. But we allow ourselves that one thing. In this particular case, this actually is real. There's nothing. The only thing here is sort of, um, we're today going to imagine what happens But this is a real thing that has happened in the past. This is not any... um, There's no
1: false physics here. Right. Yeah, that's right. We're just imagining what would it be like if it happened today. Yeah. So if anybody shakes, shouts,
0: if anyone shouts, fake physics. (laughs) Not true. This is real, real physics. Coming to your face and your ears right now. So... If you want to hear a lot of sort of the building up getting up to speed is kind of what we did last week. Uh, we yeah. really we learned an enormous amount about what is the magnetic why is there a magnetic field around the earth? I'm I'm just going to boil it down to one simple thing and then we're going to take off Go for on this magic carpet ride called what the if. The earth was formed The Earth is like uh, the solar system is a spinning gas of disk, a spinning disk of gas, (laughs) or it's a spinning also a spinning gas of disk and uh, a spinning disk. It's forming. There's a star in the middle called the Sun, and there's all kinds of dust around it spinning, spinning, spinning. In the early beginning of the solar system, all that dust begins to collect into uh, rocky balls, and uh, one of those is the Earth, and as all the dust and the meteors and asteroids, just big chunks uh, come together, they really form, uh, they're constantly slamming into each other. They make a hot molten ball of rock. Right? Yeah. And this glowing liquid thing because it's so hot and it's round because it's all sort of coming together in space. Mm -hmm. And eventually when all the dust is mostly collected and, and gone into all the different planets or, the excess washed away like sawdust <laughs> on our industrial arts teacher's bench as we wear safety goggles. The, um, and the dust makes, the, uh, makes all of us sneeze. What's left is that liquid ball of molten rock cools and the outside hardens. Right. And that's the, where we live. And that's where we live on that crust. We have another fascinating episode, by the way, not too long ago, about uh, plate tectonics, about what happens when that crust cracks mm-hmm. a little bit and the pieces of it slide around on top of each other and make earthquakes and volcanoes. Excellent episode. Something called the Earth Rocks. Something. Yes. No, <laughs> something like that. And, um, but the liquid ball in the middle, it, so the outside hardens. Mm-hmm. Like the hot, this certain kind of hot fudge or chocolate that you can pour on your ice cream as a liquid, but then it hardens into a nice hard chocolate shell. But inside, it's still liquid and warm. And that there, all iron and nickel in particular, and a certain tiny amount of radioactive elements also all kind of collect mm-hmm. together, and they all form this ball which continues to spin because it's liquid because the whole thing earth is spinning and when you spin iron what you said when you spin any metal liquid metal for instance it creates a magnetic field yeah and so the earth is actually surrounded by this magnetic field and what that does is we don't feel it at all physically Mm -hmm. but the sun,
1: our benefactor, <laughs> Mr. our sponsor, our sponsor. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh,
1: like some mentors, is isn't all good. Uh, yeah, that's right. And occasionally hurls out clouds of radioactive material. That's right. I had a math teacher in sixth grade.
0: Who uh, was uh, feared by all of us because if you frustrated him, he would get really mad and sometimes throw chalk at you. Uh, Classic. Yeah. Classic. (laughs) Says the professor. I think that's a, you learned that at Columbia. I think that's a technique. (laughs) (laughs) Teachers college. And, so the sun hurls you know we've seen solar flares you can, you can you've all seen beautiful magnificent pictures of these gigantic solar flares and it's fascinating remember that those solar flares that you see kind of erupting off of the sun in big arcs are so much bigger the earth is
1: literally a speck right next yep. to that vastly larger than our planet vastly
0: and so all the particles that make up that Thing and other stuff that shoots out of the sun. All kinds of nasty radioactive particles come flying through space past the Earth constantly. And the magnetic field, aside from also being a fantastic band, <laughs> uh, will um, push these, uh, They those particles are affected by a magnetic field and they get pushed away. Most of them get pushed away. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's our, our savior. We have a benefactor who's wonderful. The sun gives us life. There was a movie when I was a kid called Mr. Sun. Did you ever see that? Or like oh, a series, maybe a series of movies that we would watch on 16 millimeter, you know, it was movie day. Oh, sure. Yeah. The teacher wanted to do nothing that day. <laughs> they were sleepy, very sleepy, tired of throwing chalk in the, pre- at the previous class. Uh, yeah, it was a great, it was a great little series. Anyway, what happens, Matt, when this magnetic field what you're saying is that uh it, it it's spinning it, it's spinning kind of like in the same direction the earth is spinning
1: uh the core um presumably um I'd have to check on that, but that, that would make the most sense right um
0: but at the very so- least
1: it's it's spinning in a
0: a direction such that um it's North and South pole. So if we just looked at the core of the earth, this spinning ball mm-hmm. at the top and the bottom, let's call it um, yep. the parts where nothing is actually, you know, it, it looks like it's still. So the very, the North pole uh, yeah. of mm-hmm. that, the North pole of that liquid ball and the South pole of that liquid ball doesn't exactly line up with our Antarctica. With the,
1: the geographic pole. Right. Right. But,
0: yeah. uh, but the magnetic field at the North and South Pole, it's kind of doesn't really—it's it, incredibly weak there, or it even
1: doesn't exist at the exact center. No, it's actually pretty strong. It's just uh, the direction changes rapidly. So, oh. at the um, so magnetic fields have a direction. Actually, that'd be the first thing to to say. Okay. Um, and we so if you if you ask a physicist to draw a magnetic field for you, there will be little arrows on it, um, and that. Uh, Exactly what that indicates is kind of complicated, but nonetheless, it's sort of where the um, where the compass needle would point. So, uh, when you're at one of the magnetic poles, either north or south, um, it's either going to be pointing straight down or straight up. So, your magnetic needle, which you're holding horizontal, looks like it doesn't go anywhere. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, so sort of, and... But basically, there's this. We can all imagine. You know, forget about the crust for a second. Just imagine this spinning liquid ball, huge mm-hmm. spinning liquid ball, which is the core of the the center of the Earth, and spinning, 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 and it kind of has an equator just like the Earth does. Let's say, right? And so, so, and then, so I can say- does
1: the ball itself flip? Um, the answer is really that we don't know. That is, the mechanism of the pole switch is unclear. Right. That said, um, spinning objects have uh, a property called angular momentum, which means they like to keep spinning the same way they're going. Uh-huh. Um, that's for, actually one of the properties that makes a bicycle stay up when you're, when you're riding it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, I bring that up to say that it's hard to flip Something that is um, spinning. Uh, So the sheer amount of mass and momentum that the Earth's core must have makes me skeptical that it would flip over. It's not impossible. But I should say we don't really understand what the process is. We don't understand. But I think we can say that for some reason.
0: All the part, all the iron, all the metallic particles inside this liquid core. Are all pointing in the same like little fragments of it? They would all be pointing in the same direction, and that for some reason they flip.
1: Yes. Well, that, yeah, that's right. So the the individual fields flip. Um, how or why is beyond us, but yeah. we're quite sure it does happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And when that happens, and you can listen to the previous episode to really get into the details of it, is it's amazing. Fascinating. I, I learned so much in that episode, and but the north. What is currently the North Pole, North Magnetic Pole and the South Magnetic Pole are going to flip and it takes a certain amount of time. Right. So um,
1: probably thousands of years. Well, I see. This is the thing is that our, our record of past flips is a geological record. So it's hard to distinguish. <laughs> it's kind of a strange thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to distinguish a thousand years from a week Mm hmm. In geological terms. Right. Because right. um, The layers are too close. Yeah. And it's just the, the, the process, the, the speed at which geological formations happen um, is quite slow. Right. Right. Relative to what we're used to.
0: So it happens. Here, here's the thing. Let's just jump into right. It. It, it's happening. Mm-hmm. What are we. Experiencing.
1: All right. So I should say if the flip happens instantaneously, mm. like in a matter of minutes or hours, yeah. uh, we probably you wouldn't notice unless you were looking at your compass at that moment. Right. And then suddenly you'll see the needle flip and you say, "Ah, oh, that's weird. But now it's just going to point towards the South Pole instead of the North Pole. So functionally, it's the same. Um, oh, but that's kind of weird.
0: So if you were holding, a let's say I'm holding a yeah. compass here in mm-hmm. Brooklyn, USA. Boom! The magnetic field flips. If I'm looking at that compass, I see the needle extremely quickly.
1: Yep, it'll flip 180 degrees, so point exactly the
0: opposite direction. It'll be pointing south. Yeah. So that would be quite disturbing. And things that depend on compasses mm-hmm. would what the, what would happen to like an airplane?
1: Well, yeah, which is actually not that many these days. Mm. So you know, say. um uh, airplanes or the GPS or the, the location finder in your phone. Right. Those are all done via the GPS satellite system these days. So that's, there probably aren't many sophisticated tools that actually rely on the compass per se. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. Yeah. but um, well, it's all... well, so the, the, and the main job of the magnetic field, at least from our point of view is keeping us from getting cooked by solar flares. Um. And the direction of the field doesn't matter much for that. So the, the actual trajectories of individual charged particles will change, but they're still not going to be hitting us. So we're, you should be pretty – you'll still, still be pretty happy. Right. And, and so uh,
0: the real problem comes from if this flip is not
1: instantaneous – Right. Because we know that the the flipping process begins with uh, a decrease in intensity in the field. So oh. it's not that the field suddenly switches, but rather it goes down to zero and then comes back in the opposite direction. Oh, OK. So it's not like
0: during let's say the flip takes one year mm-hmm. during that year. It's not like you could sit and watch your compass. And then the needle just, the nor, The needle is supposed to be pointing north, just sort of slowly turns south. But in, so it's not like the ball is rotating, actually. What's happening is. Probably not. It yeah. Sounds more like maybe what's happening inside the core is that for some reason, all those particles, which were aligned straight up and down, north, south, suddenly become like all direct, messy, point, point in all different directions. Yeah. Until they snap back.
1: In the reverse. In the reverse direction. Yep. direction. Uh So then we'd have probably, if, if it took a year for that switchover to take, then uh, we'd probably have a significant period in which we effectively had no magnetic field. Right.
0: So actually, you know, d- describing the phenomenon as the flipping of the magnetic field is accurate. But that's not really the problem. The, the, the bigger right. problem, it'd, mm-hmm. it'd be more accurate or more clear to say, is just like, what if the magnetic field of the Earth were to temporarily weaken or disappear?
1: Yeah, that would be the thing you'd have to worry about. Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, essentially, all those charged particles that the sun uh, vomits out on a regular basis mm. in the form of solar flares. Because the sun our- likes
0: to party. <laughs> constant party on the sun.
1: Four billion years of partying. You
0: know.
1: <laughs> uh, all those particles are going to smash down uh, onto the surface of the earth. And some of them will get stopped by the atmosphere, which is certainly nice. Right. Uh, but a lot of them are going to hit as well. Uh, and that's bad.
0: Right. So we're sitting here on earth. If we're looking up at the sky, aside from the fact that we're all you, you're just being irradiated and you got awful things and well, that may happen to you momentarily. <laughs> While you're looking at the sky, do you see anything different?
1: Well, you know, that's an interesting question because when those charged particles hit the atmosphere by the poles uh, nowadays, that's what the northern lights are, the aurora borealis. So charged particles, so we know that charged particles hitting the atmosphere generates some eerie light. Uh, The question would be how much because essentially, what you see at the poles nowadays is a whole planet's worth of charged particles all concentrated. So, if it's then if it's not being concentrated by the magnetic field, it'll probably be spread out a bit more. Um, so, maybe a faint glow in the sky. Mm, okay, that'd be okay. interesting. So,
0: yep. actually, m- 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 let's just take one step back. What I realize is. Sure. Th- when the, when the field is operating normally and you've got a very clear North Pole and South Pole, of the magnetic field, everything's as is right now. What happens is all uh, these charged particles from the sun come flying at us. They get deflected. But what happens is they actually get funneled to the North and South Pole. Is that right? And then they right. actually come down to Earth at the North and South Pole.
1: They'll smash into the atmosphere. Yeah.
0: Okay. So everything is pushed to one pole or the other.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and by then, by the time they get there, they've lost a lot of their initial energy. Oh, so they're okay. not, near, not nearly as dangerous as they would have been early right. on. And that's why if, if you've never seen pictures of the Aurora
0: Borealis or the Northern Lights or the Southern Lights, mm-hmm. Goog- Google that. It's pretty wild.
1: It's crazy. Yep.
0: Just, it, it, it's almost like, you know, it's like, sometimes in Spielberg movies, like in Poltergeist or whatever, they, they create a demon or whatever is floating through. It's sort of like a glowing cloud and mm-hmm. it makes all these crazy shapes and it changes as you watch it. So that's all the charged particles or at least half the charged particles that came out of the Earth coming down at the North Pole. The other half may be coming down at the South Pole and they glow as they dissipate in the atmosphere. Yeah.
1: Um, but not all of them are going to get dissipated in the atmosphere. So we'd have a steady stream of protons and electrons raining down on us. Mm. Um, and sometimes that's not a big deal, right? Sort of depends on how many there are and what their energy is. But, uh, you know, a, a beam of protons is something you normally only experience in, say, a particle accelerator right? Like Slack mm. or the LHC or something. Yeah. Um, and generally you don't put yourself in front of that beam. Because that- I would th- mash the heck out of your DNA. Well, yeah. And I say, so one of the weird things here is that, uh, because we don't do that regularly, um, we don't actually know what happens when you're hit by a steady stream of protons with, with a single exception. As far as I know, uh, there's only been one, uh, incident, um, and this was at a Soviet, uh, particle accelerator lab. Oh, I guess it must've been 30, 40 years ago hmm. in which someone accidentally put their head, uh, into the proton beam, Whoa. um, and, uh, and you can, again, you can find the photos of this online. Um, uh, so we got swelling and pain and died a few days later. So don't stick your head in proton beams. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Um, that said, it's truly really the case that solar radiation wouldn't be that intense, but it's enough to, th- that story tells you that, um, raw protons hitting you has some biological effect, right? Right.
0: Yeah. So worst case if the magnetic field dissipates to some extremely low level mm-hmm. virtually it just becomes completely ineffective. Yeah. Do w- would it have to be a big solar flare or would it just be even just the ordinary uh, amount? That's, that's
1: right. So you'd get a steady stream but it would be the solar flares that you would really worry about. Yeah, and they are
0: I don't know how, I feel like, for instance, I know that the astronauts uh, on the space station, uh, they have a procedure where if they get a warning that a solar flare just happened, mm-hmm. they uh, actually run into their uh, Soyuz. cover, yeah. Yeah, they have like shielded areas where they go and they wait
1: mm-hmm. until it passes because otherwise they might wind up like that guy in the... Right, that would be bad. Yes, But there's clearly going to be a, a whole range of effects. Right. So, mm. again, they the, the astronauts would not um, be crisped. Right. They wouldn't turn into bacon mm. all of a sudden. Uh, more likely is their odds of getting cancer would quadruple. Right. That's the problem is going to be on that scale. Um, If it's really bad, they'll get radiation poisoning, um, which can be fatal, but probably is treatable as well. Uh, Like I said, the the more likely outcome is just that uh, your chance of getting cancer increases dramatically.
0: Right. So visually, it sounds like worst case, you might see northern lights type activity in the sky. Mm hmm. Um, you might on, on the earth or down on the surface, you might be becoming radiated and therefore yep. there would be a, a big spike in cancer
1: cases mm-hmm. over some period of time. Right. Yeah. Depending on how long you're exposed for. Uh, and then along with that, uh, you'd get a lot of genetic damage to everybody's DNA.
0: Right. Now here's okay. another, what the, if for a future scenario, Mm-hmm. One of these mutations
1: could create a superhuman. Uh, That is what Marvel Comics has led us to believe, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's where I get all my news from. (laughs) uh, So,
0: Magneto. Mm -hmm. But there would be a much more immediate ramifications in all the electronic things we have
1: that's right that's probably what modern civilization would notice right away Um, essentially uh, anything that depends on electricity is not going to work properly and maybe even get destroyed so the power grid will get overloaded so essentially we wouldn't have power coming to our homes anymore but it wouldn't matter because your laptop uh, is almost certainly fried, um, and by fried I mean actually has, uh, would have uncontrolled electrical currents running through it, Whoa. Uh, which would probably cook the chips. Um, so if you're
0: sitting, let's dead. say you're sitting, uh, let's say you're at work, let's say it happens during a week a weekday workday, mm-hmm. and uh, suppose the the computers go out before the power goes out. Yeah, and. You'd be at work, and presumably everybody's computer at the same time.
1: That's would, right. Everybody like spark. Well, you see, I, I would love it if it was uh, if it was like the plasma consoles on Star Trek, where you know there's a giant arc of electricity yeah. and explodes, <laughs> and the red shirt is rolled across the room. Um, but pr-
0: inexplicably leans to the left
1: right. and then to the right, and that's possible. But more likely is everything would just go black. All of a sudden, Boom. So it actually would feel like a power outage. Right. Yeah. It's just that your thing wouldn't ever start again. Right.
0: There's a uh, weird, here's a weird, subtle question, but I'm just curious. Would a light bulb
1: either? Would, oh, as so I would say as a general rule, the more sophisticated the electrical device, the more easily it will be damaged. Huh. So your smartphone will get thrashed. And stop working immediately. Your Nokia might survive, and your landline phone would probably be fine.
0: Ah, except that so so the landline phone might be fine, but the lines are probably
1: yeah, that's destroyed. right. That's, but that's, that's right. So um, if you've got an old style incandescent bulb, the bulb is probably fine, but the power supply to it is not likely to be working. Right.
0: So one thing to keep on hand might be, you know, candles, of course, mm-hmm. but a rotary phone, perhaps, and a generator.
1: Yep, that's right. And uh a, really said, a ham the, radio um, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. A ham radio would be great. Um, anything old and robust. And yeah. I should say you, you can build electrical systems to uh, withstand these sorts of pulses because these... Um, uh, these pulses are similar to what you get after a nuclear explosion called an, an EMP or electromagnetic pulse. Right. So it's called hardening a circuit. So say military circuits are hardened to be able to survive this. Right. That
0: does not mean by the way, you can buy like these so-called military grade cases for your
1: phone. Oh, I had not seen these. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. You know, or, um, yeah, it's like industrial strength, I think, um, That's that's not what we're talking about. That's not electronically shielded. I mean, unless you really got a special one. (laughs) It's just that's just hard as in (laughs) keep it from Um breaking.
1: That's right. Yeah. So there's, um, I'm not familiar with what they sell on Amazon these days. Uh, like a titanium. But I would be, I'd be suspicious. Yeah. yeah. Um, that said what, uh, if you're really concerned about protecting your electronics from this sort of thing, you can stick it inside what's called a Faraday cage, mm-hmm. which is basically any kind of shell of metal that's mostly, uh, mostly continuous will shield, um, your stuff from this. So your microwave is actually a pretty good Faraday cage. Oh. Um, so, so put your phone in the microwave. Yeah. It's the yeah, one time right. you don't, can. Don't turn it on. <laughs> don't turn it on.
0: <laughs> so if you were in a car, which is also a Faraday cage, right? Can be.
1: Uh it would be a reasonable one, yeah.
0: Um like I've heard that if people have been if you're out in a thunderstorm, if you're in a yeah, car, it's, it's
1: better it's better than nothing.
0: Right. So you might be in a if you were in a car and you had your phone with you. And this, um, the magnetic field suddenly, you know, it was slowly decreasing, and all of a sudden, all these particles are raining down on the Earth, and all these electronics are being destroyed. You, you might be, you might not notice it immediately
1: inside your car. Um, you in the passenger area might be okay. Um, right. The car's electronics uh, huh. probably would not do so well, um, especially nowadays, given that computer control of everything. In
0: oh. your car. So when everything's all when we have all automated car, self driving cars everywhere. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. All of a sudden, those all shut down, and you go hurtling into the nearest Hardee's or whatever you're driving towards. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it'd definitely be a Hardee's. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> that Hardee's would not be hardened. <laughs> the the uh, uh, hamburgers you get at Hardee's might
1: be. <laughs> <that's right. laughs> um, so, yeah, so that would yeah. be ugly. So I should say 20, 30 years ago when people were thinking about uh, EMPs from nuclear detonations, right. the concern was that cars would never start again because the electrical starter would get burned out by the pulse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nowadays, it would do the actual minute-to-minute running of the car. Uh, it depends heavily on sophisticated electrical systems. Right.
0: Now, do yeah. you, you remember the... Back in the um, what's it the 80s or the 90s, the day after the movie, The Day After. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which uh, was a pretty awesome simulation of if there was a nuclear attack mm-hmm. on the U.S. And I remember the thing with the EMPs. I remember them showing something like, I don't know if it was people actually driving, but all the cars died. Uh, yeah. And was that like, is it possible just the
1: normal, even all pre supercomputers that, that that regular. Yeah, it could be because your uh an internal combustion engine of the sort in your car uh depends on the spark plugs. Uh so they have to be generating sparks you know many, many times a right. second. Right. Uh, that said, once an engine is running, um it can run off its own alternator to generate those sparks. Uh so it depends on how delicate your alternator is. And I don't know, I've never, as far as I know, nobody has tested these things. Right.
0: Right. So subways, trains, all those things would just stop where they, we've seen this as kind of in apocalyptic yep. movies. And of course, one of the most more dramatic things would be the planes would just fall out of the sky.
1: Uh, that is almost certainly true. Um, yeah. Largely because on most modern planes, the pilot doesn't really do anything. Right, he kind, kind of takes off and lands, but otherwise the computer does all the work.
0: And even if they wanted, yeah, I, I don't know how um, how much manual control can they finally.
1: Yeah, I don't know either. Get going, but it wouldn't be uh, certainly would have taken them by surprise. Yes, and uh, but yeah, planes falling out of the sky sounds right. Right
0: now, actually, let's go a bit a step back. If um. If it's the magnetic field is taking one year to decline, we don't know actually what the rate of that would be, right? right? So if it were continuous, which isn't likely exactly, but like we might have some warning, and this may actually be more realistic that mm -hmm. if it takes, in fact, a year is you know it seems more likely. That it takes thousands of years or hundreds? Well,
1: should they? That's possible. I don't know. You have no, to ask no a idea. geophysicist for specifics. Right. Um, yeah. So, so somewhere between seconds and thousands of years. Right.
0: Right. So <laughs> it's possible that there's some warning. The more likely scenario is that there's right. some yeah, warning. Yeah, I think likely.
1: that's right. Is that it'll it'll, since it'll slowly fade out. So the amount of uh, radiation we're getting will slowly increase. As the, the magnetic fields drops. Right. So, so that, yeah, that's right. That we would notice. Um, and we'd have time to land the planes. Um, it's probably, it would be really hard to uh, suddenly protect all of our electronics, but maybe you could get the power grid ready to, to handle that. And we could all go back to 1970s era electronics for a little while.
0: Oh, I was thinking of doing that actually, maybe just
1: just a weekend. (laughs)
0: Um, Actually, I was, I was thinking like hmm, maybe this week for a weekend or a week or a month, you know uh, not just like D you know, people talk about what do you call it? A digital sabbatical or something. Right. <laughs> digital Sabbath, right? And which I've done occasionally. You know, it's like, oh, let me spend the weekend without looking at my computer or phone or anything. But I was actually thinking, I'm going to go back, let's just go back to 1970s. Like, I go on eBay, buy a, a Walkman, a cassette Walkman. No, nah. you know, just like really live like that. Have to watch TV live. <laughs> uh, <laughs> be interesting. Anyway, so th- th- the crazy thing about this scenario is that if we have a warning. What you're saying it's a possible if let's suppose it's on the order of hundreds of years or something, yeah. Then we could actually you're saying we could harden the electronics and all that, so that would be okay, right? But in other words, that there actually is a way to totally prevent any problems. You just a Uh, matter of hardening. Yeah,
1: that's right. So, but I just um, it would be hard to run, say, cellular phone networks. Even if you harden them so they won't get destroyed, ah. uh, there's suddenly going to be this enormous background radiation uh, that would probably make it difficult to right. communicate.
0: Right. OK, right. So anything that goes through the air mm-hmm. is regular radio affected by that.
1: Would it- uh, yeah. So you'd get you'd get this um, loud background uh, static, I guess huh. of the, of the old days right um, and if exactly, terrestrial radio doesn't have a problem in, with business anyway <laughs> this would just be the end of it uh, so talking to satellites would be extremely difficult um, right. so we'd you'd have to replace the entire GPS system, for instance, all those satellites up there
0: right they would have to be uh, yeah, yeah either retrofitted, which isn't likely they would probably have to be right. totally replaced um, but all those all these awful talk radio people. would suddenly be shut down finally just drowned out this is the only thing that could possibly drown out these loudmouths Mm -hmm. so um all you podcasters we're all cool oh yeah damn people on the radio (laughs) but but the human radiation the danger to living things we would all have to harden (laughs) <laughs> like we would have to wear spacesuits or something, right? We would have to. Uh,
1: well, yeah, that's right. So it's um, uh, if if it's going to be centuries long and we want our species to survive in its current form, then we've got to protect everybody's uh, uh, reproductive materials, as it were. So. Oh, just that uh, part. Uh, that's right. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, because if you don't, if ind- if you don't care about individual people getting cancer, you know, that's bad, but. right you can do it if you want the species to survive um our our gametes as it were our sperm and eggs uh would need to be protected so so so, i don't know everybody gets a little lead uh 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 lead pants to wear yeah lead speedo (laughs) right and you would need to wear that whenever you're uh, walking around outside
0: and uh Yeah, in general, your life expectancy has dropped considerably.
1: Dramatically, yeah. And I should say this is one of the um, uh, rarely talked about, but probably most dangerous obstacles to living in space or on Mars or on the moon is that you'd be fully exposed uh, to this solar radiation. And over time, that's going to have deleterious effects. So... Uh, If you want to think about like civilization on Mars, Mm. someone is going to have to be very clever about how to prevent uh, long term genetic damage. Right. I
0: guess, for instance, people, the record for living in space on space stations is a few years, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Three years or something of the Russians. Mm -hmm. And um, so. They managed to survive there, and I don't know if those guys came back. They must have had some high some possible elevated chance of getting cancer but
1: yep that would be my guess
0: but but there's a difference between three years and your entire life using even current mm-hmm. things we have now
1: to protect you yeah it's it's the having children question is well, would there be a viable next generation after all that genetic damage
0: <laughs> right. All right, so that's that's where we're going to end it. I think you know we've heard that astronauts wear diapers. Now I think the secret thing is maybe they're lead diapers. Lead diapers. Yeah, I'll go for that. Lead di- the lead diaper business. <laughs> we'll go through the roof. Huge. Coca Cola will be you know whatever the giant company or Apple, the biggest companies in the world are going to be replaced by like Codpiece Incorporated. Yep. Cod Global Codpiece.
1: Your favorite cod piece. Everybody's got a favorite cod piece. Everybody's got
0: yeah. Actually, this is a boon to fashion. You know, Apple Apple will still remain on top.
1: Of course, how could it be otherwise? Right
0: now, of course. um, Well, they'll remain on top in terms of profit, as they do, because they'll make the best looking cod pieces and probably (laughs) the most the most comfortable cod piece. Lead cod piece for protecting your gametes, your eye gamete, iCod. <laughs> there we go. Boom, Tim Cook, get on it, Johnny. <laughs> um, but uh, most of the world won't be able to afford it or even care to spend that much on their cod piece, they just want function. And so, uh, Google, you know, they'll have the Google noodle. <laughs> And uh, Microsoft will totally collapse because their codpiece will be called Windows.
1: Oh, of course. That's right. <laughs> and so who wants nobody, a window? Yeah.
0: Nobody wants a window on your your codpiece. All right. Sorry, Paul Allen. I love you, actually. Your museum is fantastic. I'm sorry I said that. Um, as the big sign says inside the museum, Windows wins. Yeah. Moment of triumph. Um, Wonderful. So as always, I'm always amazed when we begin. In fact, we should try this next time. You know, where is this story going to wind up? Let's say I try to predict it ahead of time. That would be hard. And it it might cause a problem of actually, uh, what do you call that? Power of suggestion or something might affect the results. Oh yeah. That could probably Mm -hmm. shouldn't, but nobody knew nobody. You, my dear listeners (laughs) and me, Ugh, none of us knew that we were going to wind up with iCod.
1: <laughs> we suspected.
0: Yeah. By the way, don't as with all those things, don't buy the first one. Wait. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. iCod mm-hmm. 2. Wait for iCod 2. 2.0. <laughs> 2.0. 2. Yeah. It'll have more storage. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh Another fantastic adventure from what the if uh, go to our website to to uh, if you didn't hear the previous episode you can learn a whole lot more about uh, this make this incredible weird and insanely important and dramatic. Uh, phenomenon about the magnetic field and how it works inside the Earth and what's going to happen and what happened in the past blah 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 blah. blah. Um, also, just plenty of ridiculous tangents and uh, <laughs> and uh, irresponsible raconteurism.
1: Yeah, because that's what we do.
0: That's what we do. Uh, whattheif.com. dot com. if dot com has all our episodes. Also, do something that very few people have done. Click the contact button and say hello. Mm-hmm. On Twitter now, Twitter What the If Show? There's a lot of people going back and forth, and, and I'm, I've been collecting these. I mean, too, we're, we're going to do a mailbag episode, or a mail tweet, or whatever, a birdcage episode where we, where I kind of go through some of the, the fun stuff. There, there's a hilarious. If you go to What the If Show, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I'm getting all choked up just thinking about what happens on Twitter. <laughs> and some of these may be Russian bots, but if they are, they're really funny. <laughs> we had a fun discussion about what's going to happen when aliens find uh, Tesla's the Tesla that Elon Musk put in space somebody said it's, it's going to be the first speeding ticket in space <laughs> and they actually had a picture of like a cop <laughs> writing a ticket next to the Tesla in space that was kind of funny someone else will say uh, uh, something like it'll be tough finding a parking space <laughs> <laughs> anyway lots of funny stuff there uh, I nice. from our friends and uh on facebook we're what the if also you can see stuff there, and we can have you know that's a good place to have discussions too so sure. share your ideas uh this this incredible two part adventure was created by one of our wonderful listeners Kyle Crichton um Thank you Kyle thank you Kyle, and thank you, John, for our previous uh, adventure. go back and listen to um what was that one that was about uh I don't know that the magnetic field has wiped my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> happened. It was a previous episode, anyway. Other listeners have sent in your ideas. We want listener ideas, those are going to make the best ones. Send them in. Tune in next week when I don't know, I don't know where we're going to go. That's I right. Mean, Who knows? The E, e uh, uh, what's it called? The Electronic Magnetic, call, the EMP has wiped. Uh, wiped
1: our brains. Clean. Wiped our
0: brains. Wiped our computers. We're gonna to have to start civilization from scratch. But no matter what happens, we can promise you that we will say with you, say it with us next week.
1: What the
0: if 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 if. if, if, if,
1: if. if.
0: Bye now.